who would play you in the MailChimp movie or in the, the yeah. movie of your life? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I asked my wife, I was like, who would play me? And she reminded me, so there's this actor that she thinks that I look like, okay. which is like ultra flattering, right? Sure. So this actor, his name's Jesse Williams. Oh. He was on Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and he and I are both biracial, although he's a little darker skinned than I am. We both have colored eyes. Yeah. Uh, we both have really short hair. I think that's where all the commonalities stop. But hey, if I'm going, if I get to pick sure. who's playing me, yeah, I'd go with I that. I can actually see it. I'm with your wife. That actually just gave me a great idea. I was like, we should ask people's spouses to answer these questions too. That would be, that would be awesome. So I'm with her. I, yeah, I think that's a good one. Who is your favorite superhero? And if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? For being a nerd, I don't really follow comics and all of that. Um, so I don't really have a favorite. I guess I, I guess I would go with something like a Batman okay. um, because they don't just have, they weren't just aliens or like got some superpower. They like, put effort in and became super yeah although i guess the all of the cast of the incredibles would be would be super great if i had a superpower i always toggle between being invisible because it'd be really fun to just like spy on people i guess <laughs> yeah. that's creepy but it'd be super fun to just go in the white house or the pentagon and just yeah. watch people make decisions and learn from that it'd be super cool but also like i got into athletics as a you know as a kid and i'm and i still I still work out a good bit and all that. So having some sort of massive strength or just ability to run super fast. I'm terrible at running. Okay. Like running just not my jam. So like being flash and being able to just like <laughs> be kind of fun because it, it's a weakness, an athletic weakness that just I can't get fixed. So it'd be awesome to just to have it fixed. Be able to do that. I see. Or is that your elliptical back there or your treadmill? Or it's your Peloton? A, actually my wife's oh, Peloton bike. Have uh, you been using it? I don't use that bike. We have the okay. treadmill also. Okay. I love the treadmill. But the bike is just is just not for me. It like okay. something about it's the like way. punch over. Yeah, something about all of that. What's the most useful tool that you have discovered in the last year? And how has it changed things for you? Yeah, so my tool set actually has been really simplified. I don't use a whole lot of tools. I, in fact, I've been on a Chromebook for the last several years. Um, and so in my shift from being a person who was writing code frequently to leading a pretty large team of technologists, my tool set has actually massively decreased. And we're a G Suite company, so yeah. I, I just use the G Suite. So I, I think to answer this, it's more about like what skill sets. Yeah. What's really been most useful for me is focusing my skill set on business and business success and how I can view technology through the lens of a business that's trying to help small businesses. Mm -hmm. and figure out how to make it so that technology enables us to be able to do all of that and partnering across the business mm -hmm. and thinking more about, you know, MailChimp's overall success and say the marketing team's success and how can technology enable our marketing team to be more successful mm -hmm. because that enables us to be more successful and it will eventually enable our users to be more successful. Yeah. So it's not so much about like a tool that I've found because mm -hmm. I just, don't really use many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's more about like if I reframe tool as like a skill set. Yep. For me, that's been the, the, the most helpful thing. Awesome. How do you explain what you do to like if you're at a, a neighborhood gathering or something to people yeah. who aren't in the industry? How do you explain that? It's really not been that difficult. I just say I lead technology. Everyone hears that and says IT. Yeah. And then I say, you know, yeah, IT is a part of it, but it's mostly software engineers who are who are writing code and building software for 
small businesses for a marketing platform. Okay. Most people get it when I say that. And when they're like, okay, well, what do you actually do all day? I'm like, well, I go to meetings and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talk to business leaders and technologists yeah. about doing better things for our customers and yeah. how we can do better with that. It used to be, you know, as I was writing code, people would be like, well, what does writing code actually mean? Like, are you writing words, English words? And I'd have to sort of describe it. Yeah, you know, you write some English words and you invent a few words and there's just a bunch of like weird curly braces and semicolons and parentheses and whatnot that all come together and make things work. And they just kind of like scratch their heads and go, okay, so you're a nerd. And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, it's just like you tell people, I'm a nerd. Again, again my wife's a <laughs> head nerd at MailChimp. So. Perfect, see, there you go. I'm sorry, I'm gonna interview your wife next time. I feel yeah. like she's got some great answers she for, these, great for these. <laughs> yeah, bring her, bring her in here. All right, <laughs> what would you be doing if there was no internet? Like in a different, an alternate life and you know, the internet wasn't what it was, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd be teaching math. Okay. I'd be, I'd be teaching math. My ideal other thing would be teaching math at a high school level, maybe at a school where somehow the math was like a non-required thing. So I was teaching kids who were like jazzed about math. Maybe I could get regular kids jazzed about math, but algebra and calculus are my favorite things ever. I actually have a math degree, not a computer science degree. Okay. And if I could do that and coach baseball, that would be perfect. It'd be, it'd be the jam. Yeah. Sounds like you got your retirement gig already set. Yeah. yeah totally. So perfect. All right. What is something that you've learned in the past six months that you think everybody should know? I have learned yoga. I've actually been training self-defense for about 10 years. I've been specifically training in a self-defense called Krav Maga. And a really good friend of mine, instructor, moved to Louisville and started a school where they focus on fighting yoga and strength as sort of the three pillars. Although I've only been able to visit them a few times, I've gotten a few videos of how to do how to do things, especially with the current pandemic environment and working from home. I started out having some back pain and he posted something about the spring equinox and you're supposed to do 108 sun salutations in like maybe two days right around the equinox. And so I tried to do it. I only got to like 80 something. I got close. <laughs> you know, that sun salutation is just a really easy thing to do. It gets you centered. It helps your body. It's helped my back not have pain. Okay. Uh, it helps me focus. It helps me feel, you know, good and strong and yep. going and conquering my day. And it's a nice, perfect break, right? You yep. can just go and do four or five of them and then get back to work and you've only spent a couple minutes. So I would say something like yoga or meditation is okay. something folks should learn. That's great. How do you manage your inbox? Are you an inbox zero? A... I'm a big time inbox zero. Person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I get to inbox zero multiple times a day. That's impressive. Um, and so I manage it by, by setting reminders. You know, if there's a thing I'm not going to get to now, I just tell it to return to me. And then I have a, like a, a waiting box for things that I know are important that I want to work on, but just don't need to sit in my inbox. Yeah. Okay. And then I go through, you know, every few hours when I get a break and I just do a blitz of, pruning all the email I get that's, that's not important or not even really for me anyway. Yep. And then do quick replies. I have a fantastic executive assistant. Yeah. <laughs> that is like my number one recommendation. She seems pretty great. <laughs> that is my number one recommendation for folks. So oftentimes it's just pressing the F key and sending it to Sharon and saying, Hey, can you please take care of this? But I try to get the inbox zero as, as frequently as possible. Awesome. It people calm and at ease. Perfect. So I know that every time I send you an email and copy Sharon, I expect a reply. No, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> yep. It should always get read at least. I'm, I'm, I'm big on declaring bankruptcy. So like if I come back from vacation, I just select all and archive and move on. If it's important, it'll come back. Yeah. I do the same thing with Slack and I do the same thing with browser tabs. Every Monday, my browser tabs, I go and my far left tab is my calendar. Okay. And I, I right click and say, close everything to the right. And everything that was open just goes away. And then if it's important, it'll, it'll return. Yeah, I, I, a guy one time um, at Fidelity had told me about this tool. It, his automatic or his out of office was like, I'm out for two weeks. This email is being deleted or like there was some tool he was using. And it was like, email me back if you really want to talk to me like when I'm back in two weeks because I'm not going to read this. Yeah, that's great. So there's, a, there's something you could, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you could try too. Yeah. Um, all right. What is your morning routine look like? Pre-pandemic, uh, it depended on the day. So I I get up around six o'clock, maybe quarter to six or so. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I was exercising. I have a gym at home and I have a, a trainer who gives me workouts. They're about an hour long. So I just head down to the basement. I lift weights. I either listen to podcasts or music or whatever, just based on my mood. And then I help the kids get ready to you know, do the school day. They leave the house and then I actually go and I sit back down in bed and I read 15 minutes of a fiction book. So not a business book, not, you know, TV or anything else. I just like read fiction for 15 or so minutes, get my mind recentered. And then I hop in the shower, get dressed and go to work. And that's, that's my typical day. My now in the pandemic, (laughs) it's more, I get up and immediately working with the kids and helping the kids my wife and I have been it was raining this morning so we didn't do it this morning but we have been walking a 5k five straight days in a row in the morning so we've been trying to get up before the kids are up we leave them a little note and then we go for a nice big walk and it's like our only alone time because we're here with the kids and then I've switched the workout to later in the day because it's better for my body in general it just was the only time I could do it yeah (laughs) yeah times yeah Um, and then I still do the little piece of fiction reading. So That's I, I sit usually on, on the front or back porch now and um, just get some reading in. What book are you reading right now? Right now I am reading Neverwhere, Neil Gaiman. I read like fantasy, sci-fi type stuff. Nothing that I take too seriously, but just- yeah, That's the best part of reading. Fiction, yeah. Yeah, that's why I like to read. It kind of transports you to a different place. Yeah. Business great. books are great, but like I would want to read to just escape, not, right. yep. <laughs> not read and do more business. What do you believe are th- the three most important qualities in a leader? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm not sure I've got like exactly three. I think first and foremost, it's important to be clear and transparent in who you are and what's important, what you care about so that you can set expectations around them. Right. So if you're like, if you're the type of leader who cares about, you know, people putting in a certain number of hours, state that, right. And just be clear about it. If you're the person who's more focused about people just caring about getting work done and caring about our customers, state that, right? And for me, my basically only rule, number one rule is never hide a problem, right? Okay. And so that's about transparency and it's not about don't create problems. It's just never, never hide them because okay. if a problem's hidden, we can't do anything about it, right? Yeah. We can't actually help our customers with it. We can't help the business. We can't get better. Yep. So first and okay. foremost, it's about just setting expectations and mm-hmm being transparent and being clear. The other thing that I have found important is figuring out how to empathize with your team and separate leading a group of people from leading individuals. And that's, that's really helped me a lot. And it's, it's been a big part of my learning in the last, you know, 10 years, probably more like eight years, is that the way I focus on leading an individual through understanding what's important to them, what makes them tick, 
how they cope with stress and like what activities they can do at work to de-stress mm-hmm. is different from then how I lead a team, right? Where I like to set a team up to say, what matters is that this team succeeds. And this is not about us caring about our individual success or, or any of that. This is about the team succeeding. And the only way for the team to succeed is for all of us to buy in that team success matters more than individual success on this team. Yeah. And then we need to go and talk about what that means for us as a team. It means yeah. holding each other accountable, calling each other out, setting up psychological safety where people feel like they can actually talk to each other openly and honestly. And that can be really tough. And just stating all of that out in the open and declaring that leading a group of, of people is very different from leading and managing an individual, yeah. I think is hugely important. Yeah. You don't hear that a lot, but it makes a ton of sense. Okay. On to the more fun stuff. Favorite podcast. Sounds like you are a big podcast person. Your favorite two. I'll give you two. Okay. Well, part of this is, is a huge bummer because I'm still mourning the loss of my favorite podcast. Okay. There's this baseball podcast, and I don't actually know the name of it, but okay. it was two MLB beat writers, Richard Justice, who's like my favorite baseball writer, and Anthony Castrovince did Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an hour. They would talk about baseball. Oh which is, gosh. that's a lot of baseball. That's a lot of baseball. <laughs> People are like, wow, that's a lot of baseball. And it is a lot of baseball, but they managed to keep it interesting and super fun. And I don't know, maybe they saw what was, what was coming with the world, but they stopped the podcast in spring training weeks before, weeks before the pandemic really started, started ticking up. Yep. So I was mourning the loss of that, trying to figure out what to do to get my baseball fill in. And then the daily, the, the New York okay, Times yep. podcast, the daily is just awesome. I listen yeah. to it every morning on my way in. Okay. Um, and of course, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be a MailChimp employee if I didn't mention Serial. It's just amazing, especially seasons one and three. Those are two, my two favorites. They're just super, super good. They're, they're playing all the world, replaying all the World Series, aren't they, on like the talk show? My, my dad's been listening to the world. He's a big baseball fan as well. Oh, he, yeah. loves, he loves listening to it versus watching like super old school. And he's been like listening to replays of the World Series on like the talk show awesome. up here. So he's with you. I'll have to tell him about that podcast. He's never been a bit, big podcast person, but I feel like for that, he definitely would be. He's yeah. with you right now, mourning the loss of just baseball in general. I'm- yeah, I'm hugely mourning the loss of baseball. Yeah. There, I haven't seen exactly they're replaying all the World Series, and they're replaying some of them, from for at least from what I've seen. I follow the Braves and the Oakland A's, okay. and they're playing, like, classic games. So I guess last night they played the game where Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record. Oh, okay. They replayed that game last night. So oh, fun. Yeah. They're doing it's like not the same, but at least it's, like, still there to watch. So yeah. the yeah. fun games, for sure. Yeah. All right. When you were a child, did you have a book or TV show that you wanted to live in? Like, you just thought it would be so cool to be like in the Bernstein Bears or whatever. I don't know. That was like what I thought would be cool when I was younger. <laughs> wow, I can actually answer this in a lot of different ways. Let me give you three answers on this. Okay. So one, a little piece of trivia about me. I grew up in Hawaii and my father actually worked on Magnum PI. So oh. I was actually on Magnum PI twice. Wow. So I've been in a TV show. That's so cool. Um, my all-time favorite cartoon is DuckTales. And okay. especially when they started doing adventuring, so I would have been super into the adventure side of that. Book-wise, when I was a kid, Encyclopedia Brown was my, totally my jam. Okay. But he's mm-hmm. like a detective and he yeah. just his little neighborhood yeah. mysteries. And I mean, I used to just sit, when I was really small, I would sit in the dryer with a flashlight and read Encyclopedia Brown just to be alone. Being the neighborhood crime fighter just would be awesome. That's so, okay, that's great. All right, what song gets you pumped up in the morning? Like when you're ready to listen to music to work out? <clears throat> what are yeah. you putting on your playlist? Missy Elliott. 
she's she's my fave she's just the best she's my answer to who you would have dinner with you know okay oh yeah it's not even on my list a lot of people go for like someone really serious or someone they learn so much from yeah i just have fun i just think that like if i'm gonna do that let's have a blast and i can't imagine anyone more fun than missy elliott uh, my favorite song of hers is called slide it just that's my that's my jam if, if if i need something to you know run up a hill or whatever i'm like it's gotta that's be girl. a missy elliott song oh my god uh, and if you combine her and lizzo together then like i'll just never stop game changer <laughs> have you seen lizzo in concert i have missy elliott in concert i have not seen either okay. sounds like a post-pandemic activity it does it does i'm not a huge concert person but okay. i would go see missy in concert we need to celebrate when we're all done with this. Yeah. I don't know if she still plays shows. I, I can't speak to that, but <laughs> if she does. All right, I have two more questions for you okay. since I, I already know who your favorite major league sports teams are. Any unusual skills that you have? Yeah, I actually do. I can whistle super loud. Okay. And I actually, so MailChimp does this thing called night school where people just come and teach things that they know how to do. And so I tried, I taught a night school on how to whistle. It was called how to whistle hella loud. Um, and unfortunately, no, nobody was able to get it. A few people got close. Okay. And I was you... worried about that because, you know, hold your ears, but it's, it's like that. And I can do it like in all tones. And like one time to start our company, All Hands, CEO got up there and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get people to calm down. He looked over at me and was like, whistle. So I started whistling and he just started doing like this, pretending he was doing it. And he kept just going and I would go up and down with him. And I'm really good. I'm, I'm actually really proud of my whistling skills. I can barely whistle. So I would have attended night school with you. Next <laughs> time I'm in Atlanta, I'll, I'll have you yeah. teach me how to whistle. Yeah. I took so. like a video really close of my mouth showing like how, how you fold your tongue and everything. But, <laughs> That's um, great. I like that you guys have night. So it's just for random activity, like random. Yeah, it's like That's awesome. Learn to yo-yo, learn to sew. That's great. You, know, all you guys things. have an awesome culture. I mean, I've been to your office a couple of times, but, and like seen it in person, but just to hear more about it, it's really nice to hear that. All right. My final, my final question for you is what is your favorite city to travel to? Do you have? So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm from Hawaii. So oh. Hawaii is, is in any city in Hawaii, any city okay. or island in Hawaii is number okay. one, but that's sort of cheating because it's home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's so, not home? Not home city. It's I, I've got. It's a tied tied for two. It's Zurich, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. I went to a conference there a few years ago, and it was just amazing. I just had such a great time. They have this amazing river that you can actually swim in in the oh. middle of the city, and they do this thing when it's warm and there's a full moon. They paddleboarded out under the full moon on the lake, and just had this party. And it was like right around they were doing like a big techno party was also happening that's, the next day or so in the city. It was just unreal. Like it was just such a great experience. That's awesome. And then tied with it is Copenhagen, Denmark. Okay. I just absolutely love the city vibe. It's super walkable and you know, there's bikes everywhere and the people are unbelievably friendly and the food is ridiculously good. And there's just so much to love about it. And I just, I know a few people who live there that are just awesome, awesome people. So it's also a place I can visit and yeah. have some local vibe, right? Yes, which is very important. <laughs> the Europeans know what's up. Yeah. Great. I, I love, I mean, I've, I've, Paris is my favorite city. I'm so basic, but I've actually never been to those two, which is like in general to Spain last year for the first time. Like they're doing it right there too. So awesome. I tend to like the smaller ones that you can sort of walk the whole city in like yeah. a day or two. 
Yeah. Paris and London just totally overwhelmed me. Yeah. Those were my first two European cities, which were only, I went to Europe for the first time two years ago. So I'm a little delayed in the international travel, but yeah, there, there was a lot. That's why I had to go back to both of them a year later so I could see the other half. But I had planned to go to Europe again this year, but we're going to just try again in 2021 at this point. All right. That is all I needed from you. So this was great. I feel like right. I know I know so many great things about you, Sharon and Kate. Hopefully you guys <laughs> you guys do <laughs> do too.